It's gutsy. A gutty, gutty win for your Phoenix Suns on Tuesday evening when they played the Portland Trailblazers on the second night of a back-to-back. After losing last night to the Los Angeles Clippers in Los Angeles in what they, they, they call it the crypto.com arena or whatever it is, Matthew. They, they mm. lost last night. They go up to the Moda Center tonight, and they win in overtime, the first overtime game that we've had this year for the Phoenix Suns. And when Van Gundy said that on the broadcast, I thought that can't be right. But it was, I guess. Oh, that's crazy. I remember when uh, overtimes were a nightmare for the Suns. We would lose every overtime game. But now I'm like, if we could just get there, we'll win it. That's how confident I am in them winning in these overtime games, especially when Chris Paul takes over. Just needs two points. You want to you, let the Suns get two points? Oh, he'll get two points. Yeah, no he'll problem. do it all day long. You let him You let him cook from that mid-range, dude. That's where CP3 loves to make breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yes. Uh, some fried eggs in a, in a cast iron pan. He'll just cook it up all day right there if you <laughs> let him. And that's essentially what he did in clutch time moments and in the overtime, eventually leading this team to a victory in a very interesting game in Portland. So definitely a lot to talk about when it comes to this game. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Suns Jam Session podcast. John and Matthew Jam. I'm John. He's Matthew. And we're here to talk about, once again, the Phoenix Suns beating the Portland Trail Blazers and now winning their 22nd game out of 27 attempts this year. They're tw- is it, are they 22 and 5 or 22 and 6 now? I don't even know. 26, 5? 22 and 6. Yeah, 22 think, and six no, no, so I'm sorry. It's, it's 5. Five, okay, five, 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 five. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just I know there's a lot more wins than there are losses right now. <laughs> uh, but this reminds to everyone who is listening. If you are listening to this podcast, please subscribe, rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. I don't care if it's Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts wherever you get it, please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you're watching along live with us, we appreciate it. Hit that thumbs up button down below. Please subscribe. We're so close, so close to 2,000 subscribers. Yes. It only happens if you hit that subscribe button. And if you want to go a step further, you can hit that little bell notification as well. That'll notify you whenever we go live, which is after every Phoenix Suns game. It doesn't matter what city I'm in. I'm here to do the podcast. And Matthew, you're always in Phoenix. So, I mean, it's not even that hard for you, is it? <laughs> yeah, my thing is if I'm sick or not. How yeah, boring is that, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know, deep-voiced Matthew when he's all sick and everything. A little bit know. deep. Not as deep little. as I want it to be, but <laughs> it's kind of sexy. I don't know. It's a little yeah. sexy. Let, little, let me know, Jam Series, how sexy little, it is. A little raspy, if you will. <laughs> so, uh, But again, plenty to talk about on this game. Matthew, how are you feeling? Are you feeling better yet? You still in sick mode? Yeah. No, no, no. I, I feel pretty good today. I rested up, took today off from work. I should be back at it tomorrow. Uh, it, it sucks being sick. It's probably the worst thing ever. Uh, you, you just get really down in the dumps and you can't wait to get back out there. You're like, oh, you know, I might, you know, harm myself in some kind of way. And then tomorrow is going to be a better day. So I can't wait for tomorrow. Well, good. It's it's nice to have you back. I could definitely tell you have a little bit more pep in your step and a little bit more baritone in your Do voice. I? No, yeah, All no, right. you don't. You know, you have less baritone actually, and it's less sexy. But we'll take what we can get from you. So uh, let's pop them if we got them. What do you what, what do you rock tonight, Matthew? Yeah, yeah. No, I actually did get something. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, it's not even hate. that funny. No, it's no, it's it's a trying, regular beer. No, no, no. You, you're funny, John. They had the shoots. Uh, you got anything? They had the shoots. Yeah. Well, no. What I brought just in case, because I didn't know if you were sick or not, because like, mm-hmm. although we record a podcast together, it's not like we're always texting each other and calling each other. But like, hey, 
morning, Matthew. How you feeling today, bud? I don't talk to you until literally we get in the podcast. The <laughs> yeah. game ends. We get into the pregame, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? You're like, hey. And, I'm like, and I just click go live, and I get rid I mean, that's just how we go. So uh, in case you didn't have anything, I do have something that I could have cracked open. I would not drink. It's a Monster Zero Ultra Energy drink. Uh, okay. I, I was just going to pop it for the sound effect, but I wasn't going to drink okay. it. Seeing as you yeah, let me just pop mine. Pop, how about you pop open a beer? And let's talk let's about this yours. victory over the Portland Trailblazers. Oh, yeah. Chris, baby. Hazy IPAs. Big victory for your Phoenix Suns as they defeat the Portland Trailblazers by a final score of 111 to 107. But you know. Matthew, I got to ask. You know, Matthew, I got to ask, and I'm going to go right to the end of the game on this one. Where the hell was Mikel Bridges in like the last five minutes and for the majority of the overtime period? They substituted him in a little bit. But I don't know if maybe you saw something or no, I didn't or, see where was I, I mean, I saw Mikhail on the floor a few times during the game and looked like he kind of hurt himself. I mean, I think bodies were all over the floor, but he was one of them in particular. I don't know if it was something to do with that, but honestly, he was kind of missing the whole game from offense from the offensive side. He did hit two big threes to start the, the second half, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. He He's not really someone you want in there when you need some offense. Right. So is it a big deal to you? Um, I did not notice him really the whole game so him not playing the last five minutes of the game was not anything i really noticed at all well i noticed it because you know dame lillard is a a unique nba talent and he ended the night on 30 with with 31 points on 31 shot attempts and a lot of that was mikhail playing defense on him and i felt for the most part he was doing a good job you know, Dame Lillard does what Dame Lillard does. He he launches three-pointers at an alarming rate. Uh, and if he played for me at times, I think I'd be really frustrated because in that overtime, the Suns go up by two points. He dribbles down and he takes like a 30-footer. And like if that was Devin Booker doing that, I'd be pissed, man. Yeah. And Damian Lillard, five for 16 from deep. And, you know, again, you can't really necessarily credit McHale's job in pushing him out to the perimeter because Dame Lillard has an affinity to already shoot like that. But I feel like he played some really effective defense kind of throughout this game. And I was just a little bit surprised that he wasn't in those critical moments for the most part. Again, he checked in with like 40 seconds left in the game. He checked in a little bit, a couple times in overtime. Uh, I just hope everything's okay with Mikhail. I think he's fine. Um, I think when you got guys rolling like Cameron Johnson, Jay Crowder was playing, he was pretty smooth tonight. Not that he was like, you know, his box score wasn't crazy, but he just looked better with Cameron Johnson there. So I think having them and then when Aiden's coming back in, he had to play like the whole fourth quarter. Um, they just, they look good as a group together. So I don't think you have to put McHill in that situation to where you need to put him in those minutes, especially if you need some offense. Yeah, I mean, valid, valid points for sure. And again, sure. I think that, yeah, yeah. Dude, that hat looks so nice. I'm sorry. I hate to break. Oh, it looks good, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good looking hat you got there, man. Just just sports, right? That's where you got it? Just just sports. Yeah, John hooked me up a little little couple gifts. Hey, right? you know what? Those weren't gifts. That's because we work for the Sun's Jam Session Podcast. So I know it's early on, but we'll drop a promo. The Sun's Jam Session Podcast is brought to you by Just Sports. 
Enter the code SUNSJAM at checkout for any of your online orders and receive 15% off of your purchase. That's right. Let them know that the Suns Jam Session guy sent you. Again, that is promo code SUNSJAM when checking out at shopjustsports.com. Just had to remind everybody because you know what? It is Christmas season and it's a good time. They got a lot of great gear and that's a great looking hat. And I'm kind of pissed I didn't get it for myself because uh, it's for those of you who are listening, it's just a black hat with a white Suns logo. But it just, <laughs> that's it's it. So hey, my clean. Cowboys hat, my Cowboys hat is just a black and white this year, too. So there you go. And Metal Very Mike, ba- basic and dark. Yeah. Metal Mike says it in the uh, in the chat. He says that is an amazing hat, Lissy. So kudos. Appreciate kudos to you. it. Thank you. Kudos to you, buddy. Uh, it was good to see the Suns score early in this game. You know, after last night, which we both agreed was just kind of a weird vibed day, you know, personally, and then watching that game, it was just kind of had a, a funk around it. And tonight, the Suns played a lot more uh, aggressive and the shots were falling. They scored 32 points in that first quarter tonight uh, and held the Portland Trailblazers to 21 points. What did you see from the Suns early on that allowed them to be successful? Um, a lot of it was just getting out in front of the Blazers. You know, last night when you were hitting only four points within the first six minutes with Jay Crowder's feet on the line, he did that in the first quarter again. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he had his did. foot on the line. I'm like, all right, Jay, it's fine. But he had a good game the rest of the game. So it all cleared up after that. I think um, they just wanted to get out with some more energy, right? I mean, they had DA back in the lineup. He was phenomenal tonight. We'll probably, of course, we're not probably, we're going to talk about DA tonight. Oh, I think he, it's happening. Yeah. Because he watch. This is where I did I did a pause and then I didn't know if it was coming or not. So I this is where we needed to do a little bit of pre-gaming because like the answer to why the Suns got out to a better start today was DeAndre Ayton. I was hoping you was like, oh dude, it was DeAndre Ayton. I was like all ready to hit the drop. And you're like, well, you know, they kind of they 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 wanted to be better and then they thought they could be better and then they decided to be better and then they were better and Ayton. I was like, oh start making is. stuff up. There's my chance. <laughs> yeah. So so tell me about DA, man. Tell me what you saw, especially in that first quarter. I mean, he oh, kind of man. set the tone early on. Yeah, yeah, he definitely did. Um, he's our hero tonight. He lost the 10 yes. pounds from the poop problems I think he had. Um, obviously, I mean, he lost 10 pounds. It had to be something to do with the poops. I'm not sure what he... He probably just what has what I had. What did you call him last night? The trots? The trots, yeah, <laughs> the trots. yeah. I'm not sure what he had, but seven out of the first 13 points for the Suns. He was involved basically every possession really early on. But even throughout the whole game, they never really went away to him too much. Uh, there was one time towards, I think it was maybe the end of the third quarter, um or was it the middle i don't remember but they they kind of try to match the blazers with three-point shots and then they went back to da uh he had like the floater the major dunk the nice little dish of da or uh, to to jay to himself the little dish to jay um early in the first quarter so stuff like that where you're just like oh yeah yeah you're missing this big man that can facilitate the ball too when he wants um, but he just seemed like he was in such a flow. I think there was a few games before he was sick where it just seemed like he was still lost again. And Chris Paul was still kind of explaining more things to him on the court. And I was like, what happened? Because they always had the pick and roll going this year. That just seems like it's not even an issue anymore, right? With him and Chris Paul, that pick and roll thing is really unstoppable, especially against a team like the Trailblazers, who they they just could not stop it. They couldn't stop anybody from going inside, especially D.A., he was very, very aggressive defensive end. You saw it towards the end of the game. He's getting the blocks when they're needed. He's getting the rebounds. He's there. He's he's the biggest presence on the floor when the game matters. And that's what we miss. That's what we miss from him. And that's what we got in the beginning of the game because having him on the court 
it just it's like he's always been uh Jurkic. He he kills every center, right? Yeah. In the league. But he's a Jurkic killer. He'll he'll just dominate a game for six minutes. And that's what he did in the first quarter. Yeah, I mean, you look at his first quarter stats, and he ended with three for three from the field, nine overall points, and also went three for three from the line. So he was really getting those opportunities, those and one opportunities, and putting the pressure on the uh, the Portland Trailblazers in a way that we just didn't see the previous night for uh, the Suns against the Clippers. And that's what happens when DA's not out there. The gravity he brings, the offensive skill set that he has, you know, again, there's possessions where I feel like he could have played better. And, and that's, you know what? And then I take a step back and I go, he went 12 for 17 from the field, 12 for 17, had 28 points tonight, and 13 boards, a 28 and 13 burger from uh, Deandre. Aiden. They didn't give him any blocks, although he had like two, they gave him like two steals. It's like, I, we've talked about this before on the pod, but like when you block a guy, is, how's that a steal? Like if, if you block it and then you catch it, it's somehow a steal, not a block. I don't get it. Uh, and there was a couple possessions in the game where I was like, oh man, he rushed that shot. But then again, taking that kind of step back, you're like, you know, this was a fantastic game from DA. Unbelievably fantastic. He came out with the right amount of energy. Uh, as you mentioned, the TNT broadcast informed us that he had lost 10 pounds during being sick with the flu. So as you as you referenced, you know, having the trots is going to kind of do that to you, right? You know, it's going it, to, it, you're going to lose a little bit of weight. And it's one of those things that I was concerned about was just his energy level. What was his energy level going to look like tonight? Because, you know, we've all been sick. And when you have to come back and if you have to perform in any capacity that is athletic after being sick, it's just, it's tough. And it might be something where he came out early and looked aggressive, but he would fade as the game would go on. And, and that's kind of what I was expecting. I'm like, hey, it's his first game back after being sick. He couldn't play last night, so who knows how good he's going to look. And he just sustained it all game long uh, to the point where on probably one of the most key possessions of the game where Chris Paul came down and hit that kind of fadeaway jumper that tied the game. Uh, that ultimately set it to overtime because the Portland Trailblazers didn't score in the next possession. DeAndre Ayton set a fantastic screen to free up Chris Paul. And I've talked about this before when I when I looked at, uh, when we were talking about Sticks a couple games ago. The challenge that Sticks has is being so young and not getting enough reps on the actual NBA court itself is he's so excited to slip, you know, set the screen and start slipping and rolling that he doesn't actually set the screen. Whereas DA knew in that moment, he's like, listen, CP three scoring on this play. All I have to do is set the best screen possible and not foul somebody. So holistically throughout this entire game, Deandre Ayton performed at an elite level and, you know, I'm getting my head of myself, but I'm already telling you who my jam star of the game is. You know, it's, it's, it's this guy right down here, Ayton. It says it on my shirt. See, eight. <laughs> Cute. 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 Thank you. Thank you very much. Any response to anything I just said? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's funny you bring up the, the screens because the, even the pick and roll, the pick and roll and the screens, those are things we used to complain about so much. And now you don't mm -hmm. even really think about it. I mean, there's a few times on a course DA, like I mentioned in games before, where he seemed lost maybe, but I don't really know what that period was. But he seems to know when to set the hard screen, when to when the roll, when to expect the ball on the pick or on the roll part. Because you know Chris Paul gets it to him so fast now, to where before Da would might fumble those or not even be ready for them. But he knows now when to get the ball and then when to set the screen. So I agree with you. These are just things that we used to have a hard time with him, and he's improved so much. He's almost like a hundred percent there. I just having to be part of his routine on the floor. The other side of this is something that we 
questioned as we looked at this game in our preview at the end of the podcast last night was obviously not knowing whether or not DA was going to play. But if DA wasn't going to play, like how Nurkic was going to absolutely just murder the Suns. And it just goes to show you the importance of having the likes of DeAndre Ayton out there. Now, Yurkish went 7 for 11, had 17 points and 13 rebounds. But he didn't really control the game as much as uh, he would have, obviously, if DA wasn't in there. But the shot deterrence that DeAndre Ayton creates and the way that he, as you mentioned, like he owns the, the really good centers in this league, I feel. I feel the only center he doesn't truly own is Joel Embiid, right? Because like yeah. Yo- Jokic, he, he, I wouldn't tough, say he yeah. owns him, but he plays fantastic against an yes. MVP caliber center. You know, you look at you look at uh, Yusef Nurkic, you look at Hassan Whiteside. Just kidding, Matthew. You know my affinity for... Oh, on white side. I would uh, I would I would have let you get away with that one, John. <laughs> just because I love him so much. You know, <laughs> Christian Wood. Uh God, why can't I think of any of the centers now? DeMontis Sabonis. He plays well against Sabonis as well. I mean, so he really plays well against these kind of players. It's always the guys who you think that he should dominate that he has a hard time against for some reason. Maybe it's because he's just not mentally locked in. But this is big game eight, and right. We played on TNT tonight, and as uh who is this right here? Westville says in the chat, the, the TNT broadcast actually wasn't that bad. I'm actually going to agree with that tonight. I'm normally one to really do yeah. a good old fashioned trash job on whoever's calling the game. And it's generally the ESPN guys. I really can't stand. Or if it is for TNT, it's Mark Jackson. He's on TNT, right? Um, no, He's ESPN, right? Okay. That's why I hate him. So yeah, much. he is ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he so. is. Um, TNT does. Who's the guy, the sideline reporter? He was actually pretty funny. He would poke some fun at a, at a Stan Van Gundy whenever he would come in. It's just a little joke here and there. It just it was different from just being like really uh, just lost for breath. Every time they come in, there was lost for breath, and they mess up words, and they don't. You know, it's just like me on the podcast. It's it's, it's us like on the it's podcast. Just, it's like just rambling along. It's like I don't know what you're talking about. But this guy was actually pretty you, good. You so just say I yes after after I'm done talking. You're just like yes. Yes. <laughs> it's like a, it's at that awkward relationship where you come home and you're like, hey, honey, how was your day? Good. Okay. <laughs> Good. Um, okay. Uh, I want to talk oh, about Cameron yeah. Payne for a little bit, if that's okay with you, Matthew. Yeah, no, I'm down for that for sure. All right. So tell it. me what your thoughts were on Cameron Payne in this game and kind of uh, overall thus far this year. Um, well, this year it's just kind of up and down. I don't know. He's always had the green light with those really nasty threes when he comes down the floor and it looks like they have a fast break and he'll just chuck up a three and miss it. Those are the things this season I don't like at all. Uh, today he looked pretty good. Uh, it was nice to see him come in with the bench with Cam Johnson and McGee, kind of like the the old sons from like six games ago or so whenever they actually had the whole bench where they can come in with these guys. And it's nice to see them all together. I'm trying to look at what his score was, or his 17 points. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he had that many points. But yeah, what? I mean, getting getting to the rim is just something that he's... Oh, just really quick, too. Let me just... Um, him and McGee trying to work on these the pick and roll and stuff looked pretty good. But him and Aiton looked really, really good tonight, too, on a few, few, the few stints that they did have. But him getting to the rim, of course, is just something that I do love. And his threes where he just chucks them up there, unless he's it's a catch and shoot wide open, I don't like those. So that's about it. What's up? No, I'm with you with there. And I, I was struggling with campaign tonight. I really was. Oh, really? You look at how okay. he, well, because you look at how he performed for through the first three quarters, and he was two for eight from the field, uh, had a couple assists. And I feel like, this happens a lot with campaign and it's when he plays with the second unit, obviously where he's, he's the guy who should be facilitating the offense. And we've talked about that 
or this in the past that it's okay that he's not necessarily a great facilitator as long as he is productive in some aspect of the game and generally it is scoring that's kind of why you bring him he's your change of pace guy he's the guy who comes in and he's running the point and then he just you know due to his speed gets to the rim in a quick manner something you don't see chris paul do so it's it's a different look from or, or for the the defense to look at because you know if you have a slow slow it down facilitator like chris paul replace chris paul it's very easy for to to, to game plan for that defensively it's like listen they're always going to do so we can start throwing some doubles at them we know that maybe this person isn't necessarily as good as a ball hander as chris paul so then we can really double them or force them into different situations whereas campaign he's just gonna come down and attack the rim but therein lies the challenge for me is you know i'm trying to think of a witty term for him at times but like his usage rate is just a little too high for me at times you know, I mean, he comes down on a possession, he he reads the defense, and then he just attacks. And it's like, why are the other guys ever on the court? And I saw a lot of that in the game. Now, that being said, in the fourth quarter, he went and he went four for six and had nine points and also had two assists. And here's the difference. The majority of the fourth quarter, because Landry Sham, it's so fucking bad, and we're going to talk about him in a minute. It was campaign who was playing the two with Chris Paul. And because of that, he played a completely different role. And be, and because of that, he had more time with DeAndre. And to your point, where he was actually having some really good uh, chemistry with DA relative to the pick and roll. So instead of being the guy who would bring the ball up and then just attack, and it was kind of a one-and-done possession, or it was, you know, he would score, he would play within the confines of an offense. And then when it was his turn, I felt like he had a better chance of making it uh, offensively because he wasn't necessarily the focal point anymore of the offense. Cause that was a challenge in the, in the first three quarters. It's like, dude, everybody knows what you're going to do. And they're watching you the whole time. It's like, you're standing in the corner, catching the ball and then driving to the rim. You're just, you're bringing it up and you're going, or you're bringing it up and just launching a three in transition. So, I mean, that's what I kind of noticed tonight. And it was really nice to see him get some of those minutes with the first team in the absence of Devin Booker, because I feel like it really allowed him to actually play his game. He's almost like a small two guard. You're muted, Matthew. DA at one point in this game actually did yell at him to like, come on, come on, go to the rim. Like, I feel like they might expect that from him. I did Mm -hmm. notice that him playing with the first team, it did look a lot better. Um, But you kind of just want him to be that backup point guard. You want that, the way he was last year where he can just kind of help the offense, but he's kind of, he takes too long to make any decisions in the paint. Like it's almost, 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 almost too late for him to make the bright pass to McGee. He usually can get it in there. If it's like an alley-oop or if he wants to hit somebody under, under, under the basket, but it's just, it's always too late. And then sometimes it's just not a great pass. If he wants to throw it back to the three point line, never usually a good pass. It's just, he kind of struggles in that area right now. And I don't know why, I think that's something that he needs to perfect to really have a chance to get some good, decent backup minutes for Chris Paul. Yeah, and he, he'll he continue to be our backup point guard. And I do like his change of pace ability and his affinity for scoring. Like, I, I don't want to take anything away from campaign. But what I would like to see him to do, to, 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 to do, what I'd like to see him do is just, again, try to facilitate a little bit more. And I've been calling for this kind of throughout the year. It's like, I'd like to see just a little bit more Cameron Payne facilitation 
because again, it's going to keep the the defense honest. It's going to keep that second team defense honest because they know that it's not just going to him, you know, him come down and go. Now, granted, he has developed a chemistry with JaVale McGee. We didn't get to see a lot of that tonight, you know, clearly because our boy. Double O McGee. You know, McGee only had eight minutes tonight and five fouls, four points, uh, and he still had seven rebounds in those eight minutes. But, I mean, it was just, you know, one of those nights where it, it's so funny. This is the other side of McGee, right? We talk about all these things that we love about him, his his high motor, his uh, goofiness, if you will, his, his hook shots, Kareem Abdul-McGee, and his jams, and, you know, the way he plays in pick and roll, and his, his hustle, like a volleyball player trying to get that loose rebound. And the back-to-back nights, he's been in foul trouble. And this is the other side of that store, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He's <laughs> He's been uh, – he's had a couple of bad games, but, you know, it's not an excuse at all for me just to say it's fine, but it, it kind of is fine because when you have Aiden playing this kind of a game, it's it's okay. I mean, we almost did lose the game, but – and if we would have lost, we'd be like, well, we couldn't use that McGee – those McGee minutes like we got in the past. And But he's been playing way too well this year to not have like the back-to-back bad games, the foul troubles and stuff like that. So I kind of expected it. The only thing I noticed really from this game is I don't know what it is. that I can't – I don't know if I'm going to go there. Uh, what? I can't because I, I just hesitate too much. If I wanted to go there, I would have just said it. Okay. But I'm not going to go there. You got in your own way. You, you thought about it too long. And, and I, yeah. I get what you're saying. You know, he hasn't had those back-to-back bad games. And it almost equated to back-to-back losses for the Phoenix Suns. And it would have been an easy article to write for brightsideofthesun.com. It's like, hey, the Suns go as JaVale McGee goes, you know. But, uh, you know, he he just wasn't in the game tonight. Uh, some ticky-tack fouls, I would definitely say for sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. Yusuf Nurkic got away with like three or four fouls like called on him, like against him, if you will. And that I thought were just completely just almost like they should be no calls. Like we talk about yes, how much we love the NBA and how all this contact's happening to the point where Damian Lillard went down the court with an opportunity to take, you know, to, to make the shot for the win. And he was so focused on trying to get a foul that he just kind of stumbled into a guy, lost the ball and was expecting a foul. It's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, that's not how the, uh, that's not how the NBA works these days. But then again, you know, Nurkic, you know, barely, you know, like Cam Johnson, Cam Johnson came over and hit the ball, you know, away from didn't make contact with him, but it was, yeah. uh, it was an over the back. So, definitely, um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, another guy I want to talk about. All I can say is Sham. Wow. <laughs> he played like shit. I was like, oh, wait, we're, man. we're losing signal. <laughs> like shit. Two for seven overall yes. from the field, one for five uh, from deep, seven overall points. Um, but played himself. I mean, he got played off the court, man. I mean, campaign took all of his minutes. Campaign ended with 34 minutes tonight in an overtime game, but still. Uh, and Landry Shamit had 23 points. Like, get well soon, Devin Booker, yeah. because because Landry Shamit just isn't it, is he? No, I mean we know this, right? To replace him, but he he's kind of like uh, just I don't know where he's at or what he's doing. He's had five points in the first quarter, and I swear, on I swear to God, I did not see him score Again? one point. Did he score? No, no, no. those five or the five points he had or whatever in the first in the first quarter win. 
when did he score those? I can't. I don't remember. I, seeing I, I can that. tell you when because today, yeah. you know, I, I woke up this morning in Reno, Nevada. It was snowing everywhere. He was, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. And then I got on the plane and I flew down to Phoenix and I had a layover in Phoenix for like 10 minutes. My plane landed. I had to hustle over to the next <laughs> gate and, and then catch it over here to Palm Springs, uh, which is a horrible place to fly into, by the way. I mean, for anyone who's, who lives in the Southwest, you know the iconic uh, windmills in Palm Springs? Oh, yeah. You know yeah. why they're there? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Tell me why. Because it, there's a ton of wind that's in here. So when you're trying to land a fucking plane, it does this the whole goddamn time. And then it was raining here, too. Uh, but the reason I had a point here, when I landed in Phoenix for those like 10 minutes, I hopped on my phone real quick and I went to DraftKings and I made a quick bet. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to mm -hmm. bet the over on Landry Shamit points tonight. He should have 11, you know, plus 11.5. Because I felt like last night he struggled. I'm like, you know what? Not two games in a row for Landry. Not two games in a row. And he started off, and like you said, he had five points in the first quarter. I'm like, okay, okay, we're on point. And then he just brick, 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 brick. They're good looking shots. They're, they're good looking. They're, they're good looking shots. But you know, again, it's it's like some of the jamsters are saying in the chat. You know, Gary Pinkney, damn it, Sham, it needs to be a segment. Mm. Coach Fallen Fander, damn it, Sham, it is right. Metal Mike, damn it, Sham, it definitely needs to be a segment. <laughs> you know, it's like. We, we're going to have to make a segment for this guy because it's just like, damn it, dude. He just can't. He yeah, can't give it a give it a second, though. Wait till Booker comes back and see if he can maybe find himself all back into again. his role. But but I guess. But we don't even know. That, what that's his role a good really point. Was. That's a good point. Yeah, exactly. But like, what are your thoughts on the Suns paying him before he ever even played a game for us? <laughs> I think it was it was crazy. Honestly, I trusted them with it. Right. Didn't you? I just thought, oh, of course okay, I did. I'm like, I'm like, whatever you do, James Jones. Guy, he's a James Jones guy. Like, he's going to get paid. So this guy must be pretty good. There's something they know we don't know. But then he looks he looks worse than I thought he would in a son's uniform. He just doesn't. I don't remember preseason how good he looked. And I was yeah. like, okay, I'm okay with this. But he's just missing wide open shots, shots that he needs to make. It's like the way Cam Johnson kind of used to be, where he was just missing those shots, like wide open. Now Cam's draining those. So. I don't know, man. We we need Shaman to step up, but I think we just need to wait till Booker gets back and he can just play back in his role, just being the backup two guard. But it's basically the same thing, right? You're still on the floor. You're still getting the wide open looks from Chris Paul. You're having the best point guard, almost like one of the best point guards in NBA history, setting you up. And it's just you can't drain him. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and if he's doing too much with the ball, like they did last game when he was trying to actually run the pick and roll and stuff like that, that's just nasty. Just stay away from that. I hope they never go back to that. No, I I agree. I mean, he he needs to be a hate on zero says it in the chat. He says Landry just needs to be a Clay Thompson type of player. And that was our expectation for him. Like, I'm not saying like full on Clay Thompson, I'm gonna score 30 something points in a quarter type of player, but a come off of, you know, two back screens, catch a curl and shoot a three and then nail it. And he's doing everything but making the shot. And I know that this is the yeah. impatient Phoenix Suns fan in me. Uh, because I know that eventually these shots are going to go down. He's going to have a stretch, much akin to uh, one that Jay Crowder's on right now. You know, Jay Crowder had 11 points tonight, uh, but he's been on the stretch recently where he's really been hitting the three ball with with regularity and looking really good. And I know that that lies ahead for Landry Shamit. And I was thinking about this tonight, and that's why I asked you the question. You know, what do you think about the Suns paying him before he ever even played a game for us? You know, and again, I think that it, it it's okay. And here's why, because that contract is a very tradable asset. It's about you know nine to ten million dollars a year, I think, and it kicks in like next year. So essentially, the Suns you know signed him uh, to his rookie extension, and 
when you start talking about trades, and guess what? Starting tomorrow, Landry Shamit is one of those players who has the ability to be uh, traded. He, he's eligible because yeah. we traded for him, you know, right on draft day for Javon Carter and the number 29th overall pick or whatever it was. And now he is available for trade. I'm not saying the Suns are going to trade him, but I wouldn't mind if the Suns <laughs> traded him. You know, and the only thing that's shitty is like, you know, he hasn't put on a ton of tape that necessarily says that he's fantastic. Uh, you look at how he's shooting from three this year, it's 38.7%. So maybe somebody out there is like, yeah, that's the piece we need. And maybe there's another guy out there that we can go, yeah, that's the piece we need. We can use him in a trade because that contract is going to assist in bringing in a, another asset for a same amount of contract. And maybe it's something better than Landry Shamit. Because again, I just don't think that Landry Shamit's it. You know, he, it's not it. And I want him to be it. I told you, I mean, I must have wrote two or three pieces for Bright Side of the Sun during the preseason just talking about how hyped I was for this guy. And I think he's the perfect thing. He's exactly what we needed. Exactly what we need. A guy who can truly play the two guard when Devin Booker's not either available or on the court. You know, so with Devin Booker injured, here has been Landry Shamit's opportunity to really kind of step up and show James Jones like, hey, guess what? You know, you made the right decision. I'm the guy that you should have faith in. And in these past few games coming into uh, tonight, you know, not including tonight, he's been averaging 10 points a game, uh, 42% from three. But I mean, tonight was just one of those nights where he just disappeared to the point where Cam Payne pretty much played the entire fourth quarter in an effort to keep him off of the court. And that's not what you want to see. I mean, final final minutes for Landry Shamit, the guy who started the two guard in Devin Booker's absence tonight in the fourth quarter, zero minutes. Zero minutes, yeah. man. And when you're going to go to him and, you know, it's such a weird start to the season where he's actually starting the, the for the Suns, I was actually thinking, I'm like, has he ever had like this much expectations in his career? But he, he he has. He's kind of filled the roles, like even in Brooklyn. I just I think there's something where he's still just kind of lost. But I think that Monty, like not like an Abdelnader thing, but I think that Monty does want to put a lot more effort into getting him in a rhythm. I mean, we saw mm -hmm. last game, but I think that he's going to keep forcing the issue with this guy. So that's why I think we need to, the sham it, damn it thing. I think we need to relax because there's something there. I think he can turn the guy where it's like, okay, sham it's in. I'm actually excited to see him. I think he might be that guy in the future. And see, this is why I like doing this podcast with you because you're right. You're right. I'm clearly overreacting to one no, bad game. I'm the overreactor, John. No, but I am on this one. I definitely am. And you know what? I'm I'm reading some of the Jamsters comments, and this is a reminder. Hit that thumbs up button below. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, you know, if you want to become an elite Jamster, click the join button too. Um, you know, but like Low Sun says, like he's a role player. Why do we expect more than that? And he is a service of role player. You know, John Carl says 10 points a game is serviceable. We just need book back. And that, that's the answer. And, you know, lastly... I feel like there was one more I wanted to bring up. Uh, Metal Mike says, Sham is just getting annoying lately, uh, but I can generally be patient before I say peace. And you're right, you know, again, and I, I preface this with the fact that it's like, listen, he is going to go on that hot stretch where there's like five games where it's just like, dude, Sham, wow. And then you'll remind me, like, Matthew, remember when we played Portland in overtime and all you do was, like, you were ready to trade his ass? Like, you're right, and <laughs> yeah. I was wrong. You're pretty, I'm not. You know, all that fun stuff. Yeah, so, keep going. Okay. Um, <laughs> your hat is clearly better than mine. I don't know if it's clearly better. Nah, than no, I, I like I your really hat like a lot, hat. dude. Yeah. yeah, I think it's good. It's another one of those just sports good, snapbacks, man. if you will. So, 
Um, let's see. What else did I want to talk about today? Um, the third quarter was kind of a frustrating quarter for those yes. of you who didn't actually watch the game. You know, the Phoenix Suns were up at halftime, you know, by a score of what, 49 to 43, I think it was. And then the third quarter was just one of those quarters where the Suns, you know, couldn't get it all to uh, could just couldn't get the get it to drop while at the same time the crowd was behind Portland and Dame started hitting some of those, you know, crazy shots. Although he, I guess he only went one for six in the quarter. So it wasn't him. It was more of Robert Cummington who had eight and, and yeah. Yurkic, That's that was his big quarter, but they outscored the Suns 32 to 24. Uh, they shot five for 10 from deep while the Suns the Suns only shot two for seven from deep. And that was really, you know, the Suns were playing catch up for the most of the game after that third quarter. Is there anything that we should be worried about that you saw in that third quarter, or was it just kind of like, hey, uh, you know, they came out with some momentum with the crowd behind them? Any, any anything to be worried? About? Uh, no, not not really. It was it was the ending from hell, though. It was the ending of the quarter that we always we always hated when the Suns would, you know, give up the buzzer beater shot that that happened oh, last yeah. year. Like how many times? I don't think it's really happened this year, right? No, it's it hasn't happened thing. yet. Yeah, so Covington ended the third quarter with the eight straight points for the Blazers. He was left open twice in the corner from three. That was worrisome. But what was worrisome, maybe a little bit, we talked about McGee, how he just wasn't really involved. He wasn't able to get anything going because of foul trouble. But it was basically that from the bench. The bench was playing just like so frantic and weird and like, hurry up, we got to get this. It was like they're playing for like the last shot of the game or something. It was like, just chill out, relax. Like, don't let the Blazers back in this by passing up like um, not passing up by getting yourself in situations with the jack up nasty looking shots. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Just, just don't run the shot clock out either, but try to get some kind of flow in the offense, but they were just rushing everything and trying to make sure that they can keep that lead. And when you're doing that, all of a sudden the lead's gone. That's what happened. And it looked bad. It looked bad. You get the crowd going into the fourth quarter. Usually that's really bad. And it, for most teams and maybe for the old sons, that's like that might be a loss but then you have a player like chris paul who he's the ultimate like i'm gonna win this game guy he's like i'm not gonna leave this court until we win this game so when you have that after that kind of momentum shift you're okay so it's it's nothing really to worry about you know i'm kind of disappointed in myself because after all this time i don't have a chris paul drop and he earns it every night we don't have I a think, booker one either but... yeah we don't yeah our two main guys we don't even have a, a drop for um i'll, I'll work on that jamsters and and for that, I'm sorry. And I'll work on the volume. Apparently, I'm, the volume's all jacked up on these. So when you listen to these and I drop something, it's like, bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> you know? but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head. You know, I mean, this is one of those. It, it feels like the, the Suns just weren't necessarily ready for the emotional uh, third quarter. And at the same time, uh, somebody brought it up in the chat. Pedro brought it up in the chat that you also had JaVale McGee get in foul trouble. He, you know, he played a minute and 11 seconds and then boom, got hit with his fifth foul. So you had 10 minutes and 49 seconds of DeAndre Ayton in that in that third quarter. And that's yeah. not to say he had a bad third quarter. You know, he went three for five and had six points. But that's when his guard kind of was down a little bit defensively. And it allowed Portland to not only execute on the interior, but because they were doing that, they could kick it out to the wide open three point shooters. Tony Snell, Robert Covington, they were hitting their shots and. I'm not overly worried about what I saw. I'm not going to sit here and complain about, man, the Suns were up by 14 and then they were down by one uh, in that. Cause I mean, the Suns came out in the third quarter on a 10 0 run. I mean, they, they, they came right out and then it just, everything kind of fell apart pretty much when McGee, uh, you know, got into foul trouble. So 
but again, when you have the likes of Chris Paul, you can you know you're always in a game because of how cerebral he is. And I, I feel sometimes like a broken record when I talk about this, but I just want to make sure that I personally am appreciating what I see every night from him. And you really saw it in the fourth quarter. I mean, you saw that the Portland Trailblazers, because there's no Devin Booker out there, they were blitzing CP3. And normally in the, when that happens with CP3, he, he'll do a couple different things. You know, one, if Devin Booker's on the court, he just gets the ball to Booker, and that, and that stops the blitzes instantly. They'll try it for a possession or two, and it's gone because it's like, hey, Booker will beat you. But what he did tonight a couple times, you know, one, he did the rip-through move, his patented rip-through move in an effort to get to the free-throw line. And two, yeah. he was just getting rid of the ball so quick. And probably the best pass of the game is where I think it was Jay Crowder or Cam Johnson. One of the two were on the perimeter. And he jumped up and was looking at him. And then he just hit a cutting DA for, you know, he didn't dunk yeah. it, but it was like a nice little layup. And it was like, it was, you know, it was like Patrick Mahomes. Let's watch it 50 times in a row. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen, man. <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was like uh, when you watch football and the flea flicker happens. It's like, oh my god, the cameraman can't like control stuff. He's like, where, where did the fuck go? And that's that's the way it was with me watching that pass because I I automatically was going to Cameron Johnson. And it's funny you were talking about just like all the the passes he had. There there's so many of them that were just they were unreal. It was just I couldn't even like type as fast as the, he was throwing them to to his players because to keep up with what he's trying to do for the defense, for the Blazers or any team. I just, I couldn't imagine because it just seems like he has something different every game and he has a new way to find somebody else at the end of every game. And it's, it's impossible to stop, man. And he is the guy he's like, I'm not going to lose this game. Like in the past with the Suns, it's like, if we have that momentum shift and we tried our best, yeah, we'll, we'll probably call it night. And we, we that's the way they used to be. A lot of teams are that way. Chris Paul is never that way. Mm-mm. It's just insane to have that because we win so many games this year from that. Just the extra effort to continue to try to push the pedal. And he does it offensively and defensively. He'll even get the rebounds. He'll get to the, to the line. And like you said, with the rip through. But also he was getting to the paint tonight more than I think a lot this season. He... He found out, and I think the Suns did obviously earlier in the, earlier in the game against the Portland Trail Blazers that you can get to get to the line, you can get to the rim easily against them. And Chris Paul was doing that too, and you never see that from him. But once he knows like what the weakness is, he'll attack it, he'll attack it, he'll attack it. Mm-hmm. And defensively, grabbing the steals, getting the timeout, uh, he's just underneath the basket grabbing a rebound when it's important. So he's just always everywhere in the last five minutes. He's just unstoppable, man. Yeah, and it's again, it's like having the ultimate closer who just comes in and, and it's it's like having Mario and Rivera. It's what it feels like. You just having that guy who comes in and the, you just you're instilled with so much confidence. Now, granted, like because we're playing against the Portland Trailblazers, because we're playing against them Dame Lillard, who's one of those guys who is just a highlight making machine. And he went for his highlights tonight. He just didn't hit him. As I mentioned earlier, you know, he had that that 30 foot three pointer in overtime that, you know, everybody just would have creamed themselves over, but he missed it. Whereas, again, (laughs) Chris Paul just kind of slow and steady wins the race. And ultimately, that's what allowed the Suns to beat the Blazers by uh, by four. Uh, I can't believe we've gone this far in the podcast and no one's told me that the banner on the bottom says Blazer, not Blazers. Jeez, there, there we go. Let's fix that. Oh man, that's gonna drive me crazy. Uh, let's talk about those Blazers for a little bit before we hand out the jam star of the game, give out the hardware, if you will. You know, we're always hearing about moving Dame, right? And it was kind of fortified once again this week that Dame Lillard's going nowhere. 
And I'm one of those people who is a big fan of just like, stop talking about that because I know what that feels like because of Devin Booker, right? Like, you know, Stephen A. Smith, he, uh, Devin Booker to New York, like Devin Booker's never said anything about want to leave. Neither has Dame Lillard, right? Like, why are there always these rumors about this guy? It does suck. I mean, I would like to see something happen where he's surrounded by better players in Portland because I think he should always be a Portland Trailblazer. But if he were to be traded, it would be so weird, right? On another yes. team, I would like that too. But I would never say, hey, I never wanted him to leave. But even last pod in the preview, we were talking about, I'm just sick of seeing the same freaking team. Mm-hmm. We didn't even know McCollum was out this game either. So that's how crazy like this NBA season is where the injuries yeah. are piling up, COVID, all that crap. But I just think that literally all that crap from DA. Yeah, all that crap. Well, now it's all gone all flushed down in the pipes in Phoenix somewhere. So if someone can go scoop it up, I'm sure it's worth some money. A little Um, bit. But why Anyways, do they? Go ahead, John. But, but why do they never talk about trading CJ McCollum? Because like even Suns, they do. Yeah, shout out to everyone Sunsky. does. Yeah, that no, I don't hear it like they, like name. Bill Simmons does every. I year. know, but that's Bill Simmons. That's not ESPN. That's not the clickbait bullshit. You always hear about. Dame. Oh, because he's not a star. He's not a exactly. Superstar, CJ. Yeah. But geeks got it right in the chat. He says, "Keep Dame, trade everyone else." And I really think that like CJ McCollum trades need to not only be talked about more but actually executed and i know bill simmons he's literally had cj mccollum on his podcast and said hey man sorry but i try to trade you every year in my fake trades you know kind of scenarios you know but that team and that talent that dame lillard is again this is i i think you and i both share an affinity for the portland trailblazers they're a team that's never really hurt our feelings therefore like we don't hate them like we do the lakers or the spurs or even the mavericks we always kind of root for the Blazers unless we're playing against them. And it's just, it, it pisses me off when I see that team and I'm like, dude, why can't you guys get it right with Dame? No. Yeah, I know. I don't know if there's something they can do that. I'm sure they would have done it, but then also why can't you just have fun and just play in Portland and just enjoy your career there? And who cares about championship? You, well, still, that, get, <laughs> you still get dumped on. If you win a championship, if you win three of them. Kevin Durant wins three of them. He's still getting shit on all the time. So does it even matter? He gets a superstar there and wins it and no one cares. They move on. So did K- as did long Katie as he's happy, three? it's fine. Yeah, Katie he won, won three. Two. He, no, he won two with um, Golden State and then he won one. Um, did he only win two with Golden State? Correct. My bad. They won, they won the first one. And then he came, and then they won the second one, the third one. Yeah, but but, but okay. I get but I get what we're saying. Like even when you win, it doesn't matter in the NBA. I just it, I, it doesn't to please the media. I mean, just to shut them up. I don't understand this. So I think Dame should just stay, and you know, if he's happy, as long as he's happy, that's all that matters, man. It's true, man. It's true. Happiness is a choice. Here's the stat that kind of caught me off guard tonight, and I didn't realize this: the Blazers are one and eleven on the road. Yikes, dude. This year, yeah, yeah, one eleven yeah. on the road. That's just like, <laughs> wow. That's not man. good team chemistry at all. No, well, I mean, it's like it's the exact opposite for the Arizona Cardinals. They can win on the road. They can't win at home. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> Cardinals. Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters. I mean, I already told you who my Jam Star of the Game is, but I'd like to hear who your Jam Star of the Game is in the chat live here on YouTube. So go ahead, put in the chat. We'll pull it up. Matthew, are you giving your Jam Star of the Game to DA just like I did? 
Uh, I'm going to give it to him and Chris Paul. And I'm sure that's one of the drops that's super loud and really annoying. Because every time that comes up for me, it's super loud and really annoying. So I'm sure that's what they're talking oh. about for the volume on that one. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll bring that down a little bit. <laughs> that's funny. I just now Whoops. noticed. I don't know how I just now noticed. Um, okay, so yeah, yeah. I'm going to give it to DA and CP3 for sure. They were just, it's it's pretty awesome for DA to come back and then, then just start trying to find each other. Like they, it was like a romance, you know, in the hills. Like they were just running up and down the hill with each other and, I don't know what movie that's from, but let's just um, move on to John. Let, 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 let's go sound of music. You know, the hills are alive and such. So, <laughs> okay. um, yeah, a lot of people are giving to both DA and CP3. You know, shout out to CP3 on his final stat line. He ended with a total of 24 points, 14 assists, 10 of 19 from the field, uh, 3 from 4 from the free throw line, and hit that one three-pointer. And uh, shout out to So Says Jay. He, he tweeted this out. He says the that first quarter – was the eighth, or I'm sorry, the 89th time in Chris Paul's career where he's had at least seven assists in a quarter. Like that's how he started the game, and, we, and we've talked about this <laughs> so, so much about how what what makes this team so great is the different roles and the way that people fall into those roles, especially when Devin Booker's healthy. Devin Booker's role is I'm going to start off this team. Uh, or I'm going to get us jump started offensively. I'm going to pour some points in the in the first quarter to the point where during our winning streak, I think he was like fourth in the league in, in first quarter points, averaging like 11 or 12 a game. Uh, you have DA who's like, I'm just going to kind of control the boards. And if CP3 wants to find me, he'll find me. But CP3's role in the first quarter is I'm going to get everyone else involved. I'm just going to be dishing the ball and just trying to get everyone else involved. And then when that fourth quarter comes, then CP3 is like, all right, it's time for me to get surgical. I've already racked up the 14 assists. Now it's time to put the points to yeah. bed. Yeah. And he go and he and you know again that's what he did again tonight. So I think that I give it to Aiton just because he was consistent all day long. But I mean CP3, that's not a wrong answer either. So uh, Ted Lubin in the chat he says, "When is Book coming back?" That's a good question. What are your thoughts on when Book is coming back? Any inside um, information that you've heard from the team, Matthew? No, nothing. Uh, I was me texting neither. Kendall, they never call me. I didn't, she never talks about him when we talk, so I have no idea. <laughs> that's oh, weird to her. I know. I'm just kidding. I would never do that. God, that's so gross. Why would I ever say that? Oh, God, I love their relationship. I think um, <laughs> he'll probably just come back whenever. Does it fucking matter, dude? I'm just kidding. It does matter. Um, They're four and I, two without him now. I know. I know. But it does like two losses. You never want to lose that many games, right? In six games, that's not a Suns thing anymore. I want I want Booker to be back just as much as anybody. But honestly, if we can just pull these games out until he gets back and like 100%, then I'm fine. But it, there's really no ETA, right? No, and you know my thought, and and reading a lot of Suns Twitter, it really sounded like he was going to be back on the nineteenth. Uh, that's what a few of my, you know, the people I follow on Suns Twitter, who I kind of hold in high regard, they're saying that's eh, probably going to be the nineteenth. And I, I forget who we're playing again on the nineteenth. I think it might be the Lakers, uh, but we know that he's going to be healthy for Christmas. That's for sure. Christmas Day against the Golden State Warriors, like he will be back by then. That's 11 days from now. So, you know, again, if if this team is winning basketball games at a 66 percent clip so far with him gone and he's getting more rest, you know, short term greed, long term greed. The short term greed is you want him back right now. The long term greed is you want him back. So he's healthy for the long haul of this season. So it'll be interesting to see when he does come back. Uh, but I don't, I mean, again, I, I've texted the Suns, uh, I've emailed them, and all they try to do is is 
you know, get me to sign up to go on six man tours yeah. and shit, you know? And I'm like, dude, I'm out of town all the time. I don't have the time. Just tell me when Booker's going to be back. Just email me back yeah. and active. Like, Here's a sales agent. His name is Jim. His breath stinks. Would you like to go on a tour with him? So okay. I still right there. <laughs> so next up for the Phoenix Suns, they're playing the Wizards. That's on Thursday evening. Correct, Matthew? Yes, it is. All right. So Thursday evening. I don't know evening. what time. Probably seven o'clock. But yeah. No, I think it's. Oh, yeah. It's seven o'clock your time because it says six o'clock on my computer and I'll be on the Western time zone. So, okay. uh, yeah, we're playing the Wizards, a team that, you know, started off the season really hot and then has really kind of come back down to earth. I remember we were having a podcast uh, about two or three weeks ago and we're talking about the Eastern Conference. And at the time, the Washington Wizards were the number one team in the Eastern Conference. And I was like, Matthew, do you know who the number one team in the Eastern Conference is? And and you you were shocked that it was the Wizards. I was shocked that it was the Wizards. And since that time, they've they've lost two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and they've won one, two. They've gone five and ten since we made those comments. <laughs> no, they, I think you, yeah. they were like thirteen and three or something, and like now they're fifteen and thirteen. <laughs> Sorry, Wizards. Yeah, sorry. I think it was more the Bill Simmons pod. I think he had one with uh, Joe House. Joe House. Yeah. They're going off, and ever since then, it's the same thing. Um, yep. What do I know about this team? Absolutely nothing, of course. So I'm sorry. I have no insight on this one, man. Uh, this one coming up. Well, I'll tell <laughs> you what, what you're I'm asking. Looking. No, no. I just, I was just making statements. I, I didn't expect you to know shit. And that's, okay, you know, good. why would I? You don't know anything about the Eastern Conference. You've told me that before. Um, but I have a basketball reference page up in front of me, so I can tell you what to look forward to. Obviously, Bradley Beal leading the team. He's only got 22.4 points. Here's what's interesting about the the Wizards this year is Bradley Beal is trying to learn to play within an offense rather than be the offense. You know, because Bradley Beal was fighting with Steph Curry last year to be the scoring champion, right? And this year, they have a much more balanced attack. He's he's scoring 22.4 points per game. Then it's Montrose Harrell coming off the bench at 14.7. You got Kyle Kuzma, Spencer Denwitty, and Contavious Caldwell Pope all in double figures. So it's a team in every aspect of the word team. And that's why they I think they really started out very well. Uh, is they just kind of caught a lot of teams by storm. I also think the other challenge that this team obviously has when you start to name off players like that is, you know, you look at their defensive rating, they're 19th in the NBA. And they give up uh, 107.6 points per game, which is 17th in the NBA. So they're not really a defensive team, uh, which is kind of, you know, par for the course. I guess when it comes to the Wizards, they're a team that's in the past has really been, you know, it's a slugfest. And I know that the Suns have had some good slugfests with, with them. And I feel like the Wizards typically come out on top. Uh, but as they've been learning who they are and as defenses around the NBA, you know, after that initial punch that they threw out there, they're like, bam, we're 10 and three. Everybody's like started to watch the film and try to figure out how to attack them. And now their points per game has gone down. They average only 105.8, which is 24th in the league. And again, this is a team that's like a top five at offense in the league last year, man. You're on mute again, man. So I've been, I've had a cough and I've been watching it. I got the sniffles and, and coughing over there. <laughs> yeah. I actually let one sniff go. So I, I apologize heard it. if it was too loud. Like We're going to edit that out. Yeah. Anyways, it doesn't even matter. I was gonna say uh, the Suns when they started out hot, you worried about oh, are they gonna let, are they gonna last this year with that? Yeah, they are because they're a really good team. The Wizards are a team where like the Suns in the past might start out like ten and 
10 and six or something like that. And you're like, Oh, it's not going to last. Yep. You would believe it because they're a sucky team and they have to improve. And there's too many questions going around the whole organization. So yeah, that's basically what happened to the wizards. A W for the Suns, right? Yes. That's a W. Yeah, we didn't even I, say a W or an L last time, did we? No, we well, just, just didn't know. We, we didn't know because we didn't know who was playing. And I think Twilight that's Zone night. Yeah, it, it's well, that's the NBA right now. We talked about it last night, man, but it's, just, it's the Twilight Zone out there. I mean, notifications nonstop relative to the NFL, to the to the NBA, everything. You don't know who's going to play on one night. So, uh, but this one, mm-hmm. I definitely, I definitely feel like it's going to be a a good old fashioned win for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, before we get out of here, Matthew, you know, because again, we never mm-hmm. get to talk to each other anymore. Um, I don't get to see you at family gatherings because I'm on the road and such. You know, you go to Schnapp Farms to catch a cold. I'm in Reno <laughs> in a hotel room bored. Um, yeah. So y- you and I are both in four different fantasy football leagues, right? Together. Yes. Yeah. Okay. How many did you make the playoffs? Two. 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 Which ones? I almost made three. Um. So I made it. I don't remember the, the banquet league. Okay. And then also. That's the one you um, won last year, right? Yeah. And then okay. the one, the one where it's like the double flex. That's my best team. That's the one uh, that I think I can win league. it all. Yeah, the keeper one. The, the keeper league. Okay. Um, just to, just for Are shits you? and giggles, uh, tell the jams. Well, I made it in all four. Hey. You made it in all four? All wow, four. Job, and man. I have a buy in two of them because I'm a top two seed in two of them. Dude, you're so good. Um, what are your team names? Uh, what? All of them? Yeah. Let's just run all through right. them. <laughs> Because they make no sense. Yeah, it, Jamsters, if there's any Tim and Eric fans out there, you guys will know this, uh, which I doubt you guys watch Tim and Eric. Who, who knows? Let me know, Jamsters, if you watch Tim and Eric. Uh, one of them's Beef Boys. One of them's Bathroom Boys. The other one's Who Fouted, like Dan Fouts. Like, Who Fouted? And then the other one is... Uh, dude, what's the other one? This, the, I it's, my, it's my league, isn't it? Yeah, what is the one in there? Because I haven't... Oh, yeah, oh, yours is like Just oh, Win changed- Baby. Yeah, I dude, because you're it, last though. in the league. Yeah, yeah, I didn't win a game till like week ten. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you have the number one pick in the draft next year in that one. Uh, <laughs> I I am Fahq, F A H Q, the Lead Farmers, uh, the the Dak side instead of the Dark side because I have Dak Prescott and the Empire Strike Strikes Dak because I have Dak dude, Prescott again. <laughs> can I just talk about Dak really quick and how I really think he his game is just he's going to cost us the Super Bowl. This team was so good this year. He, he looks is bad, just, man. He looks, he cannot throw it more than five yards again. And yeah. he's just so friend. The look in his eye, the panic he has, every possession, it's just, I can't even watch them right now because he's, I know he's, he's just never fucking up. He's never set when he throws the ball. You notice that? He's yeah, always he's like never. kind of, instead of being like square and then throwing it, he's like sideways and like jumping off one foot. Trust me, I notice it because I have him in every freaking league I have. Dude, so. he's driving me nuts, man. I, he's the one thing that's going to hold us back, but we'll see if he turns it around. So the DAC side, which is the banquet league, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I I play you in fantasy this week in Do the you? playoffs. We're both eight and six, so you're going to win. To you, buddy, you're going to we'll win. See. That's oh yeah, Derrick Henry. I, I had I had Derrick Henry I carried oh, my yeah. team. <laughs> well, we'll see. So, um, but we'll talk about that another time. I just, I haven't seen yeah. you. So, oh, here's what's funny. So, so says Jay says not everyone is perfect like Justin Herbert. Um, Matthew, do you, do you listen to the fans, the ringer fantasy football show? Not anymore. I, I didn't. Okay. So here, here's a fun fact. So it, on their waiver show, they talk, you know, if they, they, they have this thing, whatever, I don't want to go into it. Um, so you have Justin Herbert and Justin Fields playing quarterback in the NFL right now, prior to this season, how many quarterbacks in the history of the NFL were named Justin? 
We uh, started zero? a game. Zero. Okay. I just thought that was interesting. I thought just was a common name. So oh, okay. Um, but I will say, so says Jay, I do have uh Justin Herbert in one of my leagues. So is I've he actually doing good though for fantasy? Dude, he killed it last week. I have so Josh Allen and Justin Herbert like number one and number three. Okay, okay. Yeah, they, they've been oh, doing. Who, just... I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of Josh Allen. My bad. Justin Herbert. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, I, I, I have Josh. About... I have Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. Josh. Where's Allen, Josh Allen? At? He's has he, he's number good. two, and and Justin Herbert's number three. Hmm. There, there you go. That's why I'm. That's why I'm a one seed in that league because the double quarterback league. All right. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for hanging out and watching us on the Suns Jam Session podcast. Sorry for the fantasy football deviation at the end, but again, I never get to talk to Matthew unless it's on this podcast. So you're all just part of the experience. Thanks for coming along. Uh, a cheap plug here. I think I'm going to be on with the Fan and the Flame guys tomorrow. So their podcast. Will oh, be very cool. Next day. So I'll uh, I'll be on that show. And I'll let uh, Daniel Duarte tell me how I'm a piece of shit because I'm a Dodgers fan and stuff. It'll be really exciting, (laughs) exciting listen for everybody. Uh, But remember, everybody, you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. I'm Matthew Lissy. And you can follow the show on Twitter at Suns Jam. Please subscribe, rate, review, hit the thumbs up button, do all that fun stuff. We'll see you again Thursday night after the Suns take on the Washington Wizards. Until then, have a fantastic evening and uh, stay warm out there. Yeah, go home and love your family. Take care, everybody.